0: We are in a series entitled From the Heart, and i uh, not going to take uh, much time at all to review this morning, uh, except to, uh, let's go ahead and dive into Proverbs 4 here, verse 23. This is from the uh, 84 New International Version. It says this, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Did you catch that? It is the wellspring of life. You know, for someone to, um, especially in olden days, and it's still a consideration in our day, what if someone poisoned your well or collapsed your well? Those were fighting words. That's an act of terrorism. That's an act of war for something like that to happen. And we've got to guard the wellspring of our life. Uh, the Weirspe- uh literal translation says, guard your heart above anything else you have. Because it determines the kind of life you will live. And so we have to guard our hearts. Everybody just say, guard our hearts. Guard our hearts. And if we must guard our hearts, and the scripture is very uh, clear and emphatic about this, if we must guard our hearts, then our hearts must be vulnerable. And uh, they're vulnerable to a number, of, a number of things. If you'll remember that Jesus, uh, in one of his parables, likened our heart to the soil, and the thing about soil is this, that whatever lands in it, whatever gets planted in it, the soil is going to endeavor to cause it to what? Yeah. It's going to cause it to grow. And there's good things that would land that would cause it to grow. And there are a lot of bad things that would try to get into that soil of our heart. And what we have to do as quickly as we can is to get those things out of there. So let me just illustrate for you again. Plus, it is Valentine's week. Uh, but as we look at our heart and if we consider it to be soil, things happen, things get said, you experience things. And if we're going to guard our hearts, we must first of all, guard it in a present tense, very proactive, protective, preventative, that we don't want things to get into our heart. And Look at me, church. It's going to sound real old fashioned to you, but you can't just watch everything. Amen. Right. You can't just listen to everything. You can't just be involved in every little conversation or you, 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 you just can't do that. Why, Pastor? Because you have to guard your heart. But I want to be cool. I'd rather have my heart guarded. You know, and and it's very important that we guard our heart. So first of all, try to keep things from getting into your heart. But then if they do get into your heart, then quickly we've got to try to uproot those things, get those things out, ask for forgiveness, uh, change thoughts, you know, move on from there. Because a lot of times things get into our heart And if we leave them to lay, somebody said something to you, you saw something, you were involved in something, whatever it would be. If you leave those things in there, then what are they going to do? They're going to start to grow roots. And then still at this point, it's a good time to uproot some things. You realize, you know what? I've been feeling this way. I've been thinking that way. I'm starting to act this way. You know what? You need to root it up, root it up. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you, wow, i got some bad stuff growing how many of you need to pray for some crop failure? And then if you continue to leave it in there, then before you know it, you've got things growing up out of there. And uh, the longer you let them grow, they spread, they get bigger, and uh, it really can take over can just take over. And Jesus said that so many things, well, everything really comes up out of the heart. If you obey God, you're to obey from the heart. You worship from the heart. Um, If you're ugly to somebody, it actually came from the heart. You know, he goes, Jesus gave several lists in the Gospels of, you know, where does this come from? Where does this hatred come from, this anger, this fornication, this impurity? Where's all that coming from? He says it's coming from your heart. And see, lest you think, well, I just showed up and I was already corrupt. No, at some point, things got into your heart. And either you didn't know or you didn't care or you were ill-equipped, ill-informed, or, uh, you know, whatever the case may be, and it's taken root and it's in your life. The good news is this, though. Those things can be uprooted. Those things can be chopped down. You, You know, these roots can be ground and we can get these things out of our lives. I get a better amen on that one here this morning. So, we must guard our hearts in a present tense, in the here and now, but we also must guard our hearts in a past tense. Deal with the past, the then and there. And it's reactive to a a degree that we've got to go back and repair some things that have happened. Because, again, having spent some time in your heart, then it takes roots, it grows, it spreads, and harvest ends up coming. Now, Concerning the past and things, conditions in our life, we went through it a couple weeks ago. Why am I this way? Why do I do this? Why can I never do that? You know, it's why are we the way we are? Really, it has to do with the condition of our heart. And these things are coming from our heart. If you're with me, just bob your head or something so I know, know you're here. They're coming from our heart. And so three ways that, or three different ways that we could deal with that. Number one is we could just deny it. We could just, well, it's just a you know, it's no big deal. It's just, it is what it is kind of thing. And, uh, hey, no problem. It's all good. Um, Or the second way is just to cope with it and say, you know, such is my lot in life. You know, that's the way it is. Um, It's just the way I am. And neither one of those are going to serve you well. And they actually invite more destruction in your life. So the third way is to go in and to repair, to redeem and recapture that soil of your heart. And so that's what we've been talking about. Now, a couple of weeks ago... We talked about one of the things that happens in our heart is sin, sin. And we, of course, we first of all want to try to avoid sinning. But then as we do, we need to repent and get rid of that. But um, sometimes patterns of sin and deep sin and things you didn't forgive yourself of or whatever. These are things that you do or should have done that are in you. And we now have a sin plant in our life. Sometimes it's a stronghold. In our life. And what we need to do, and I don't have time to go through it all this morning, but to uproot that, you need to repent. Amen. And then last week we looked at hurt. And this is what someone has done to you. Uh, this is where you got disappointed. This is where somebody didn't come through. Uh, you know, careless people, evil people, uh, selfish people, you know, have done things, allowed things in your life. And Some people have a pain plant. We have the hurt forest growing inside. And and here's the truth. Hurt people, what? Hurt people, hurt people. people. And so it's not, well, that's just the way I am. It's the way grandpa was, the way great grandpa. No, no. You mean we've got got some things that that family line has not learned to deal with. How about you break it? I said, how about you break it? And don't just, well, that's just the way I am. No, no, it may be the way you are, but it's not the way you're supposed to be. It's not the way you have to be. And so we do some work in, in one of the major things, and this is powerful, and you need to spend some time with us. Last week we looked at this. You need to learn to forgive. And what that does, that uproots that. That uproots that. And again, as I said last week, it's easier talked about than it is done. But I'm telling you, God will meet you there, and he'll help you in that. Today, I want to move on to something entirely different. But um, as I said uh, earlier, if we can get this going in your heart, this is going to so impact the other areas of your life. It just is unbelievable. If you've ever gone to the doctor, and I recommend that you do, and, uh, you know, have a physical and get a checkup and those kind of things, um, you know, and they'll take your blood and, and uh You know, you get the test back and they say you're deficient in this. You don't don't have enough of this in your system. And consequently, sometimes because you're deficient in one thing, you have some other symptoms. But if we could get this up to speed, then those symptoms will go away. And this is one of those things that if we're deficient in this area, you're going to have busloads of other symptoms, so to speak, in your life. But I want to guarantee you on God's Word that if we'll get this filled up in our life and in our heart in the right way, uh, you're going to see things just kind of vanish. You're going to see real life change. This is an incredibly powerful thing. And I'm glad you're here this morning so that, so that you can get this with us today. Today, I want to talk about good. Everybody say good. How many of you know good is Good. Come on, are you with me? I, I mean, think about it. Good is good. If you get favor, if somebody does you favor, isn't that good? If somebody, if somebody's giving you a break and giving you a favor, you don't like. Oh man! You know it's good. You like? I, I was at the grocery store a week or so ago, and I had a a buggy or a cart. How many of you say buggy? All right, how many say cart, like like I do? Uh, okay, good. I that my cart? And, the, you know, there's two, three cashiers open, and it's all backed up and everything. And all of a sudden, like, one of the managers, front-end manager, came over and said, Sir, if you'd like to, you can just come right over here. And it's like, favor. And I didn't go, oh, man. I went on over, and about that time, there's a lady in another line, and she's got, like, four things. So I said, tough to be you. <laughs> No, I didn't. Listen, when good comes to you, good goes through you. I said, why don't you go ahead? "No, No, no, you go ahead. So she went ahead with that. And see, good hurt people hurt people. But when good things come to you, you know, and we like good. Anybody here like good? All right. Now, hang on with me, though. Blessings in our life, success, goods in our life, plenty supply in our life we like that come on y'all stop being weirdly religious on me this morning we like this you know this morning i was uh getting ready to brush my teeth before i left the house early this morning i pulled out the toothpaste tube and it's like totally been already strangled and like is there any left well that's not not good but open up the little cabinet, and there's a whole another one in there. That's that's good. Well, if you don't like my toothpaste illustration, think about toilet paper or something. Okay? It's good to have plenty. All right. Is there a problem over here? All right. Well, guess what? Good is good, but God is good. And God wants good for you. And you want it too. In Jeremiah twenty nine eleven it says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace. And that is a huge word, huge good word in the Hebrew there. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. God has plans for good. Hear me, God has plans for good for you, favorable circumstances, well-being, to feel secure, to be healthy, have your needs met, to have friends, to be content, to be successful in your endeavors. We like good. For favor to come our way, for break to come our way, for things to work out. We like for that to happen. Amen. We want good, we enjoy good, and don't tell me otherwise. You know, there's nobody here lining up to get their, you know, their fingers stapled or something, you know? Uh, that's not good. Uh, and it's it's a false humility. It's a twisted theology that, no, I don't want any good in my life. You know, that's, that's really that's really false humility or as i said it's a that's a twisted theology we don't want hurricanes we don't want terrorism we don't want economic downturn recession inflation we don't we don't want that you don't want upheaval in your life you don't want sickness you don't want setbacks is anybody here you don't want a rock in your shoe you don't want to be an offender bender or worse you don't want your cows to get out. You don't want your freezer full of meat for somebody to unplug it. There's nobody rejoicing at those things. Are y'all with me? You don't want to get a bad haircut. You don't want to eat bad eggs. Are, are, are you hearing me? You, you need to kind of reprogram a little bit here that good is good, and when good. And when good comes, that's good. I said, that's good. And it helps us to be confident. It helps us to be generous. It helps us to be encouraged and happy and a blessing to other people. Good is, is good. But follow this here. Nobody says, I'm having a really good day. And you say, well, what's so good about it? Oh, because I got pink eye. <laughs> and I dropped my, my phone out the window of the car. You know, th- that's not good. And so get this right, because there is some warped doctrine out there about suffering. And we'll get into that some a little, little bit later. But but if you buy into that whole doctrine of suffering, you're going to have to discount and remove the promises of God out of your Bible. Of his intentions toward you and what he'll do when he finds you in a situation. Amen. And be careful of the doctrine of suffering. You say, well, you know, God might be teaching me something. With what? With that rock in my shoe. Yeah, he's teaching you to take your shoe off. Amen. 10, 15 years ago, I was talking to a guy and he said, well, I was in the hospital and God had to get me there to teach me something. I thought, I'm sure he could have taught you somewhere else. Yes. Maybe you could have taken a time out early on and said, God, is there another place we could go? That you could talk to me and I'll listen. And Are, are, are you following me here? And you got to be careful because when you embrace a suffering mentality like that, you know what you're doing sometimes? You're letting the enemy just have its way because he's the thief who steals, kills, and destroys. There's a commercial right now for some Vonage or somebody, phone company, and it's talking about how they're just getting ripped off. And it's like we're helping them, you know, and and they're talking about some other phone company. And it's like, you know, they're taking off their jewelry and giving it to the bad guys. Thank you. You know, the guy's at the ATM and handing the stuff over in the car. Thanks, buddy. You know, and it's like, you know, if we buy into this in the wrong way, I'm telling you what, you're going to give the enemy free course to just run through your life. So, well, I guess God's teaching me something. You need to read the Bible. I said, you need to read the Bible. And you need to see what his promises are and what his intentions are towards us. This does not mean that everything goes 100% and it's just swell and we just skating along. But I'm telling you what, it'll work out. And you trust God and God will see you through. And yes, there are storms in life, but I'm telling you what, the keynote of the whole scripture is our God reigns. And that sounds pretty good to me. Amen. Well, how come I got on all that? Well, good is good. But watch this. But good can go bad. You all with me? Good is good, but good can go bad. For example, the prodigal son, he asked for his inheritance. Inheritance is what? That's good. How many of you wish you had one? Okay. And apparently it was a good inheritance. But it was bigger than his character. It was bigger than who he was, what he was. And it moved him and it about destroyed him except for the mercy of his father. And you know what? That's a case of good gone bad. Good gone bad. Paul talks over and over about don't you use your liberty as an occasion to sin. You know, liberty is awesome, but it can go bad. You know, you can have freedom and you can misuse your freedom. In Proverbs 132 it says, the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. And based on that verse, there's some people then avoid prosperity. And let me tell you what prosperity is. It's not just a money thing. Prosperity is sleeping good at night. Yes. Prosperity has to do with a good journey. The Greek is euhodos, and it has to do with a good, fair journey. Successful journey. That there's safety, that there's provision, that there's some joy along the way. Are you with me? Yes. And... The prosperity of fools shall destroy them. So it's not saying avoid prosperity. It's saying don't be a fool. Don't be a fool. And we're going to learn some things in this. So how does good go bad? Let's look in Romans chapter 1 here. It says, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful. Y'all hear? Nor were thankful. Thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. How does good go bad? Here's where it is right here. Not thankful. When you're not thankful, good goes bad. Get this. Now I'm going to embellish on this here, but good goes bad when you're not thankful. And in this passage right here, they knew God, but they did not glorify God. And they were not thankful. And what happens, a digression begins to take place. And it says here that they became futile in their thoughts. They became empty-headed. It says their foolish hearts were darkened. They became dark in their hearts. It goes on this diversion, this downward trek of perverg- perversion and indulgence. This passage lists 24 specific sins that will end up coming up out of your heart coming up out of your heart and they are not without penalty get this when we have good in our life and i'm going to tell you and don't be sitting here comparing with anybody else you just understand this bottom line god is good and god is good to you and he's been good to you and we have good in our life don't live your life comparing well i don't have what they have or this or that that's not even the point Jesus, at the end of the book of John, talking to Peter, he he dealt with Peter on some things. And Peter goes, well, what about John? He goes, that's none of your business. You just do what I told you to do and know that I'll be good to you. And God is good. And God is good to us. And if we stop glorifying him as God and we're not thanking him as God, that digression, that slippery slope will happen in our life. Things will start to get perverted. We'll start to indulge. And there's a list and the list could go on. I want to say it again. 24 specific sins are listed right there and they are not without penalty. And what happened is good went bad. And good went bad because they weren't thankful. How did it happen? They weren't thankful. And I want you to hear this if you hear nothing else. The last step before rebellion is ingratitude. The last step before rebellion is ingratitude. So when you stop being thankful, Listen, listen to me, look at me, you're in trouble. You're in trouble when you stop being thankful, when you stop being grateful. The difference between being blessed and being spoiled is being thankful. I don't think you heard me. The difference between being blessed and being spoiled is being thankful. You can take two people and give them good things. And one will end up blessed and the other one ends up spoiled. And what is the difference? One was thankful. Years ago, when I was first starting in the ministry as a uh, youth pastor, and I planned this trip up to Black Mountain, North Carolina, it was just a beautiful retreat that we were going to go on. And I had this this young man come up to me, and he goes, "Pastor, thank you." It was Mark. He, he came up to me, "Thanks for doing this. This is going to be awesome. I know that's a lot of work and everything, and thank you for doing it." And I said, "You bet, buddy." And they had this girl come up, chomping gum. Is there going to be a mall near here? And I said, no. And she turned to me, no joke, and said, you stink. Well, she didn't go on the trip either, but um, (laughs) same trip, same wonderful, beautiful things. One is spoiled, one is blessed. Are you hearing me? A lack of gratitude says, I deserve this. I'm entitled to this. I don't, you know, Or lack of gratitude doesn't say anything at all. And a failure to feel or express gratitude is a sign of hardness of heart. And you and I, listen to me, look at me. You've got to express gratitude. Express gratitude. Express gratitude to God and express gratitude to people. Express gratitude. Say that. Express gratitude to God and express gratitude to to people. Hebrews 13 15 says this, therefore, by him let us continually offer up the sacrifice of praise. Sounds pretty religious there. What is the sacrifice of praise? That is, it's pointing out here, look at the words there, that is, therefore, by him let us continually offer up the sacrifice of praise to God. Go to the next part there. That is, here's what it is the fruit of our lips say that the fruit of our lips the fruit of our lips doing what Amen. giving thanks to his name what is the sacrifice of praise that we're called to continually offer up to god it's the fruit of our lips which is what it's words yes. giving thanks to his name listen to me don't just think your thanks it's to be the fruit of your lips Not just a silent thank you to Jesus or your mama. It's the fruit of our lips. It comes up out of our hearts. We're purposeful about it. Don't just think your thanks. Now let me let you into my house here for a moment. I want to hear it from my children. I want to hear gratitude from them. So their whole life, if they don't say thank you, then I will allow a certain amount of time, and I'm not like 10, 9. <laughs> but I'll, I'll just say this. And the thankful boy said... Or I'll say, and the thankful children said... And, and they'll... Because why? Because I want to hear it. Why do I want to hear it? So I can feel like dad of the year? No, I want to hear it because I know how important it is that that gets into their heart, that they're grateful, that they recognize things, that they're grateful. Amen. Amen. Now... The other day, I took Gabriel, our 12-year-old, and uh, to get a re- report card prize. You give report card prizes? Absolutely do. And I'll tell you why. Because what gets rewarded gets repeated. And the, his whole life, straight A's, all my kids just doing a great job with that. And so, you know what? You would, too, if you knew you'd get something cool or whatever. And and what gets rewarded, that's the biggest thing is that they know. So what gets rewarded gets repeated. So I took him, and it's just he and I, and he had this cool thing he wanted to get that attaches to his basketball goal so that when you make a shot it causes the ball come right back to you so you can really you know get muscle memory for that and then you can turn it and just shoot from wherever he he researched it all out and he wanted to get that and i said come on buddy let's go get that so we we went and got it It it's just he and he and i in the car and all of a sudden he went, hey dad i go what he goes and the thankful boy said (laughs) yes amen I want to hear it from my kids. Look at me. And so does God. And so it just amazes me. You see people so negative and just complain all the time. They need to thank him that he even gave them the breath to complain with. And we're just obviously looking at the wrong things when all we have to do is be negative and complain. Sure, there's serious stuff going on in the world and, and, and real crisis is happening in some lives and stuff. But I'm telling you, what, you are never short of a place where you can thank God and thank him and thank him. And don't just think your thanks. I think he wants to hear it. I said, I think he wants to hear it. And it's the fruit of our lips. And I think you should start your day and throughout your day. And shame on you if you just eat your meals. Like, thank you for the soup. Amen. Pass the whatever. Stop. Thank him. Thank him. You and I don't know what it's like to not have it. Thank him. I'm thankful. Every time I fill it with gas, I thank him that it's available. I think I'm, I thank him that I can get it. Thank him that I, I can afford to get some gas right now. And, and it just amazes me. It just always happens. It's like on the other tank. There's somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm not thinking more highly of myself than I ought, but I'd rather be me than him. So at least I'm having a good time. And being thankful, being thankful, being thankful and express that thanks to God. In Luke chapter 17, there were 10 lepers. Jesus is walking along. And they cried out to him, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. And he said, and you need to know some of the Old Testament on this. He said, go show yourselves to the priest. If you felt that you were well from leprosy and some other diseases, the priest would certify that you were indeed cured. So he said, "Go, go show yourself to the priest. And as they were going, one of them, one of them realized, <laughs> I am well. And he turned and he came back and he fell at Jesus' feet. He said, Thank you. Yes. Thank you. And Jesus said, Hold up, hold up. And I can kind of see maybe putting his hand on the guy's shoulder and reassuring him. He says, Weren't there weren't there ten that I just healed a leprosy? Weren't there just ten? But yet only one has come back to say thank you. You know what I get out of that? Gratitude is important to the Lord. Yes. Expressed gratitude is important to the Lord. And I'm telling you what, you and I need to make sure we're expressing this. Because I'm telling you, when this is in your heart, this is the most life-giving condition the soil of your heart could ever have. And it will It will push other stuff right out of the soil. It'll cause some other things. It will forbid some other things from even growing in the soil of your heart if you'll make sure your heart is full of gratitude. Gratitude is important to the Lord. I believe that 85, 90% of your prayer life should be thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I think it's rude to talk to God and not thank him. I think upon approach, you should thank him. You should thank him that you can even come to him. And you have things, at least three things. And if you don't have three things to thank God for, then I don't, I don't know what your deal is. I need to talk to you, all right? But thank Him. And that's our approach to God. It's the first law of courtesy is to be grateful. Psalm 100 says we enter into His gates with, with thanksgiving. In the Message Bible, it says enter with the password, thank you. That's what the password is to the presence of God. Thank you. Everybody practice it. Thank you that we enter his gates. We enter his presence with that password. Thank you. Gratitude, as I said, is one of the richest, most life-giving, nourishing elements that can be found in the soil of your heart. But you're in danger when you're deficient in your heart, when gratitude is missing. I'm going to read you a little passage of scripture here. It's about 10, 12 verses. It's out of Deuteronomy. And I want you to watch this. Now get this statement before I read it. Look at me. Listen to me on this. God wants you so blessed. He wants to be so good to you. It's dangerous. It's dangerous in this sense that warning labels come with it. You hear me? Good is good. But good can go bad. If you don't watch the warnings on this. Now follow with me here. I'm going to emphasize some words. Deuteronomy. Chapter 8, beginning in verse 7, it says, For the Lord your God, say my God, my God, is bringing you into a good land of flowing streams and pools of water with fountains and springs that gush out in the valleys and hills. It is a land of wheat and barley, and this is not heaven, okay? Because as you read the whole passage, uh, heaven's way better than this even with fountains and springs that gush out in the valleys and hills. It is a land of wheat and barley, of grapevines, fig trees and pomegranates, of olive oil and honey. It is a land where food is plentiful and nothing is lacking. It is a land where iron is as common as stone and copper is abundant in the hills. And when you have eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. But that is the time. To be careful. Everybody say, be careful. careful. Beware. Just kind of with attitude, tell your neighbor, "Beware." beware. Beware that in your plenty, you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey his commands, regulations, and decrees that I'm giving you today. For when you have become full and prosperous and have built fine homes to live in, and when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else, be careful. Do not become proud at that time and forget the Lord, your God, who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Do not forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its poisonous snakes and scorpions. When it was so hot and dry, he gave you water from the rock. He fed you with manna in the wilderness of food unknown to your ancestors. He did all this to humble you and to test you for your own good. He did all of this. Watch this. He did all this so you would never say to yourself. He did all this so you'd never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Remember the Lord, your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant. He confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. But I assure you of this. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods, worshiping and bowing down to them, you will certainly be destroyed. Just as the Lord has destroyed other nations in your path, you also will be destroyed if you refuse to obey the Lord your God. Listen to me. Blessings and good come with a warning label. And right here in scripture, we see that God equates, get this, God equates ingratitude With forgetting God. God says it's the same thing to be ungrateful as it is to forget God. Because where do our blessings come from? Who is the source of every good and perfect gift that would be in our life? It's God. And he says, I've been so good to you. And I've gotten you through other things so that you would never say that I did this on myself. Because when you think that you did this yourself, that it was your good looks, it was your education, it was your fine personality, it was your work ethic, that you, you're you just a lucky guy, that you pulled it all together. In that day, you forgot. You forgot. And when you forget, the Lord, he said, that's rebellion. He said, when you forget, that's ingratitude. And that leads to destruction in your life. So good goes bad when you forget. That it was the Lord and you don't acknowledge him and you don't thank him. Listen to me. You need to give thanks to God for good. God wants to be good to you. Listen to me. God wants to be good to you. Matter of fact, he wants to be so good to you. And, and, And our culture and our news over the last few years... And even some squirrely sectors of religion have tried to dumb all that down. But you look at me and I'm telling you from God's word, God wants to be good to you. He wants to bless you. But you need to understand this. He wants to bless you so much. It comes with warning labels. And basically, here's the label and get it. You know, I remember my dad got this big table saw when I was a kid. And number one thing, number one warning, don't touch it. Don't touch it. That cured it. That's all I needed to know. I didn't need to know what button was what or this or that. Just don't touch it. And what God is saying, I want to bless you so much. I want to be so good into your life. But here's the warning. Here's the warning. Thank him for it. Don't forget. Don't think for a second. I did this. Lucky break. Yay me. No, this is about God. And this is about thanking him because he is our source. Let me close with this in Psalm 107, verse 1 and verse 8. It says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his mercy endures forever. In verse 8, it says, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Give thanks, express thanks, be grateful, stay grateful. I had a lady tell me at the door after first service. She said, I try to live this life of gratitude, and I'm thankful, thankful, thankful. And she had somebody tell her, be realistic. And she said, i got enough realism. i got enough reality. She said, I need to be plugged into my source. Be thankful. And listen to me, express it. Something will happen in you. You'll see God all over your life when you start to thank him. And it will so condition the soil of your heart that it will forbid other things from even growing in your heart. Express thanks to God and express thanks to people. I just have a feeling that if you'll follow through on this message, there's going to be some ladies faint this afternoon. They've been cooking Sunday lunch for 30 years. And all of a sudden he's going to say, Honey, Thank you for lunch today. Thank you for all you do. And maybe it wasn't that he was ever unthankful. How's she to know? Amen. Gratitude is important to the Lord and gratitude is important that it is in your heart. I could keep going on this, but we'll stop right there. Did you get anything at all out of this today? Thank you, Lord.